if any any of our fellow gooners out there are looking for something positive you could probably just fast forward <laughs> to about 20 minutes of the show we'll, we'll try to spin it positive yeah <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the fourth best podcast. Um, a little bit of a somber one, I guess we would say. Uh, I'm Monty Rossetti. I'm here with Steven. Steven, are you there? Are you are, are you okay? Barely, barely. Yeah, I I'm here technically. <sighs> Man, but so I will we, say, let me say this one thing. This is going to be a negative podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Please, I mean, tweet at us at the fourth best podcast if you know there's any positive thing to think about because. We are definitely looking for something positive. Um, this is we're recording this pretty soon after the game, which might be a bad idea uh, because we are we we have a lot of things on our mind that we wanted to talk about. On um, some disagreements that we'll get on, but we'll just delve right into the game, okay? Um, it was uh, Watford versus Arsenal. We'll start off with the starting lineups here. I saw the starting lineups, and I was I was actually excited, and the reason I was excited was. The forward line was one that I think I predicted. Um, I was actually not, I, I didn't think Alexis wasn't gonna play at all. You know, when you, even when he's tired, he still plays. But seeing Welbeck, like I said, in Awobi up front, that was the starting three that we had played against Chelsea. And it seemed like they did a real good job together. And again, it's three guys that are trying to prove their worth to Arsenal and the Arsenal fans. Yeah, I was expecting something good. Uh, Ramsey didn't start and Elneny came in. Um, again, he had a good international break. Egypt qualified, so just like Iwobi had a good international break, uh, Elneny maybe you know on a higher uh, mood than Ramsey after Wales didn't qualify. So I wasn't really too bothered about that. Uh, the back line with Mustafi out uh, since he was injured in that uh, Germany game against Azerbaijan. So Mertesacker moved into the uh, center role with Monreal on his left side and Koscheny on his right side with check at goal. I was excited. Uh, Steve, what do you think of the starting lineup? I don't think you were as excited as I was. No, I was I was very, very upset at the choice of uh, starting 11. I just think that I'm okay with uh, kind of okay with Welbeck. I'm definitely okay with Iwobi, but I'm certainly not okay with them two in the same starting lineup together. And I think that I think you can d um, divide the Arsenal team into if we're just going to be like painting everybody with a broad stroke. You can put them into to two classes, right? You have guys that are world class, elite type of players. That's up for debate, obviously, but players that are going to make a, a difference that are going to cause the defense to do things that they don't want to do. Guys that just create problems for the defense. That's you, you put those players in one group. And then you have another group of players. Not that they're bad players, but in the context of like having a world-class team, these guys are more or less fillers, right? They mm -hmm. deserve to be starters. They're guys that play off of the elite players. So when I see the lineup today, I see none of those elite-level players. Well, Lacazette. I'll put Lacazette in that. But he's by himself, and I'll tell you why I knew that it was going to be like a fail, that front three was going to be a failure. You know, people can complain about Ozil all they want, and, and they will. Ozil is an elite passer. He's lacking in a lot of other departments, defensively, shooting, obviously, today. But he's, he's an elite passer. Uh, Sanchez, an elite scorer. Ramsey, uh, I don't know if I want to put him in that category yet, but the way he's been playing, he causes problems for the defense with his runs. 
Um, and he's all over the field. He's a box-to-box midfielder, and he's all over the field. I don't know if I put him in that category with Ozil and Sanchez yet, but he's right there on that doorstep. I think he's at that same level of Lacazette, that elite level. But but even still, you put him in that lineup, you put him in that front three, that, that defense has something else to worry about. So you, you've sent out there a lineup that is devoid of all these difference-maker type players, and sure, it, it, you would require a more like a, a team effort, right? Which is what Arsenal in the past has been able to do. But I knew the Lacazette thing was going to be a failure because for, for all of Iwobi's strengths and how well he's played recently, his final ball is whatever it is, whether it be a shot or a pass, um, he's, he still needs development in that area. He's good at, he's good with the ball at his feet for a guy who's not blessed with tons of speed he actually creates separation he shields the ball really well for a young player he's strong but his final ball is pass whether it be a pass or or a or a shot not quite consistently there yet Welbeck is just I mean he's Danny Welbeck he's he's terrible shooting the ball so wait we're we're back to negative anti-Danny Welbeck again I'm okay with one of those guys being in there but two of those guys being in the same lineup means you don't have enough quality attacking. That's why I was upset. And because mm-hmm. I knew that that who's going to get Lacazette the ball? Maybe Iwobi, not Danny Welbeck. And like that leaves Bellerin or Kolasinac, the guys that are going to find Lacazette. Or, you know, Xhaka would like a long ball over the top, which I guess could have happened. But it, I think the way Watford was playing it, they were not, you know, that, that wasn't really, they weren't playing like a high offside trap or anything like that. It, it didn't seem like the type of game where, where Xhaka was going to pick out Lacazette with a you know a long ball over the top so I think I tweeted out that we were gonna have problems scoring today with this lineup Mm -hmm. and lo and behold we did we did score off of a corner so great but I mean from open play like did did we really have until Ozil got on did we really have any chances that were like that was a clear-cut chance we should have scored there that was an opportunity missed I, I I can't think of any and I think here's here's the thing with the lineup I don't believe that all of those players that were missing Ozil uh, Ramsey, um, Alexi. I don't believe that injuries. I, I, I'm not. I'm not buying that argument that they were so injured that they could not have played. I, I'm not buying the uh, that they weren't all ready to play. Um, no, I, I mean there's a lot of things that I agree with. Um, I think it was a combination of things uh, going into this game. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that, yeah, we don't know about. I agree that, I mean, all these guys being injured, I, I don't know. I don't know if those are just, you know, excuses or, you know, Alexis and Ramsey were so down that their teams didn't qualify to the World Cup that they didn't even want to play. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's all speculation. Again, in the beginning of the game, um, I already said I was excited for those reasons. In hindsight, I do agree. Um, yeah, it will be, it will be, seems like he has everything that Ozil doesn't have and Ozil it's like it's like if they were one player they'd be a superstar because Ozil does have that great pass at the end of the at the end of the play um but Iwobi sometimes it's like he has a good energy to start off a play but he doesn't know how to finish it Danny Welbeck I was hoping for more he had a really good run before he got injured and I mean I guess for some reason I was hoping that run would continue he was completely lost in the game today that whole left side actually let me down. Kolasinac, who's been my favorite player, uh, one of my favorite players so far this season, was almost gone. He almost disappeared this season, or this, this game, I'm sorry. I don't know. It, it seemed like, yeah, there was definitely a, a lack in communication. Bellerin and Awobi, they were doing some plays that seemed great, and then other plays that were just complete miscommunication between them two. The one thing that I, I, I look, I guess if I'm looking for a positive, out of this game, it was that 
most of these guys are young guys who this game benefits their future with the team when it comes to working together. Because, again, I don't want to get into transfer speculations, but there's a high percentage that Ozzo and Alexis Sanchez won't be with us next year. So when you see players like Iwobi and you see players like Walbeck, these are guys that need to prove themselves. I agree with you that it's probably a bad idea to have both of them playing at the same time, especially after seeing today's game. Um, when you have somebody like Lacazette, who's still a new forward with our team, trying to understand our system, I think that, yeah, it was a bad idea. I would have, Iwobi with Ramsey would have been a good idea, or Welbeck with Ozil would have been a good idea. But yeah, both of them behind Lacazette was a bad idea. And and I mean, also, uh, sorry to interrupt, also one, there was another guy that was just like a, a filler type player in the, and it's El Neni. Yeah. And so I think you, I mean, you add to that with there's no Ramsey back there making these long, windy runs. And so now you have El Neni, Welbeck, and Iwobi all in the same lineup. I mean, that's honestly, that, that is a lineup that's for a midweek Europa League game or a Carabao Cup game. That's not a lineup that you've tried out there against, even though it's Watford. Watford's having themselves a good season. Mm -hmm. And you're on the road you're away so Watford's going to be up their fans are going to be loud and they were mm -hmm. and and you saw what happened the the result is not surprising to me at all like when the lineup came out I thought that that was a possibility and then it and then it went out and happened well that's the thing for me the guy that I was really confused about was El Nenny he he normally I don't know why he's not really an, an offensive player he's not very good offensively he's more of a guy who should he's kind of the same player as Shaka I think that he should be kind of the guy who turns the ball from defense to offense. He's not Ramsey, but for some reason he was trying to play like Ramsey today. And I saw him moving up a lot. And it was definitely creating some kind of gaps, the gaps that Ramsey would create in the beginning of the season. But I, I, I don't know, for, for some reason, I mean, again, I, you know what, I'm just gonna jump into this. I told you before I was, gonna, I was gonna complain about it. The substitutions for me were a disaster, was a disaster. You put in two offensive players when your team is already winning, and now they tie it with a penalty that shouldn't have been a penalty, but now they tie it, and now you have Giroud, who's a slower forward. Lacazette was making some really nice runs. If Lacazette could have had Ozil with him, it probably would have been a different situation. Lacazette could have found that goal at the end of the game. But Giroud is a different type of player, and Giroud, he wasn't having a good time either today. Everything, every way you look at it, Wenger managed this game terribly. And yeah, for, for, what, for whatever reason, because uh, there's a bunch of them, Arsenal ended up losing this game at the end of the game, which was a typical Arsenal game, especially away. And these are the games that will not lead us to anything positive. Because again, I'm not gonna sit here watching Manchester City win seven to two and think that we have a chance to win the championship. But these are games that we should have won, that we should grind out if we want even a chance to be in the top four. And we didn't. And this is typical Arsenal, at least of the last few years. Yeah, I think, um, I'm not sure if Welbeck was hurt or just being taken off because he was completely ineffective when Ozil came on for him. I know he kind of had something where he, he, he went down with a leg kind mm -hmm. of injury. I'm not sure if it was a real injury, if he was just down. And then shortly thereafter, he was subbed off. I, I didn't hear if it was an actual injury or not. But yeah, I thought, I thought the Giroud for Lacazette was the mistake. That was the one that was a mistake. I, sh I thought it should have been either Giroud for Iwobi if you wanted to get Giroud on, like I'm assuming that's why he did it because he wanted to get Giroud on. I thought Iwobi made a run um, in the early of the 50th minute, like the 53rd, 54th minute. He makes his run into the box where um, I think he 
he wasn't fouled. Like the defender got there first, but it was a yeah. hard tackle. He stayed down for a while, good thirty seconds. He stayed down, and then after that, he was just playing in slow motion. I'm not sure if it was not a full injury, but just kind of one of those things where, you know, kind of kind of makes you think about, you know, whatever running into another tackle or whatever. Um, I, I just thought from that point on, he was really ineffective. Early in the game, when Iwobi was playing well, he, he did play well for the first 20 or 30 minutes. He was playing really mm. well. I, I, I tweeted out that Iwobi was playing well, and I was going to... My tweet was actually longer, and I had to delete some stuff. So I put, <laughs> oh, it's good to see Iwobi playing well again. And then I was going to continue that and say, let's hope he can keep it up for 80 or 90 minutes, because I think in the past, that's kind of been his MO of like playing well for the beginning, playing well mm-hmm. for the first 60 minutes, and then just fading toward the end of the game. But, you know, I was like, let's keep it all positive. Like, I deleted the second half of that. And I was like, good to see Iwobi playing well again. And then, sure enough, he fades in the, in the final third of the game. Like, I'm not sure if it's an energy of fitness type of thing or if it's just like a mentality type of thing. Um, and so I thought, for me, it's like if he wanted to get Giroud on, if that's if he needed to do that, yeah. then fine, do it and take Iwobi off. Because Iwobi was the guy that was fading he was the guy that was not really moving around much like in the last third of the game mm-hmm. and Lacazette I, I think people will complain about Lacazette you know he's a world-class tracker and didn't do anything in this game but how many chances did he really have yeah. I saw to like hammer on Welbeck again I, I saw at least three instances where Lacazette had to come into the midfield to get the ball on the edge of the box draws into defenders slides in a nice pass for what should have been an oncoming Welbeck and on at least three occasions, Welbeck was either not there or was a second or two late to get into the ball. And on all those instances, Welbeck never began his run until Lacazette had already passed the ball, which is always going to put you slower than the defender to get there. Um, and it just was like, it's not even that Lacazette and Welbeck were on different pages. They were like reading from different books. Like they, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like one guy had one game plan and another guy had another game plan. I don't know if it was, if it's, Welbeck just his instincts or if it's just that's just what happens when you put someone who's basically a failed striker and you put him out there as a winger like as a, a, a true winger Walcott or whoever the instincts are there yeah. if your striker is on the edge of the box and he's drawn one or two of the defenders you go start running in near post far post like you're making those cuts and Lacazette on at least three occasions slid the pass in there it would have been um, Welbeck either shooting or crossing from a a dangerous position and on at least three occasions he was not there and I was like what is Welbeck doing today like get your head in the game like why did Arsene Wenger even start you today you've been gone for like a month six weeks however long it's been you're obviously not ready for this match why are you in the game the biggest question I have for Wenger and I've had it every game is so Chelsea spends the money and gets Morata that guy plays 90 minutes most most of the games um Lukaku gets bought by Manchester United. He plays 90 minutes most of this game because when you buy a striker, there's one reason that you have him. So he can add that extra push to your team and get the goals. Luka, uh, like I said, I think the only game he played 90 minutes was the first game of the season against Leicester. But other than that, he's, he hasn't played 90 minutes. And it's frustrating because you know that he has about 70 minutes and then you're going to see the Giroud for Lacazette substitution. And I'm going to keep going back to that Leicester game where they needed a goal and Lacazette was playing very well with Giroud. You, you need that. Those two guys play with each other in the French, on the French national team. That is, they already have a chemistry together. 
why not try it out? And I completely agree. And that was that was a substitution I was hoping that would happen. Giroud would come in for Iwobi, Lacazette, because Lacazette during the game with Walbeck and Iwobi, they, were, they kept switching around positions. So Lacazette can already play on the sides. Put Lacazette on the left side, Giroud up front, Ozil on the right side, you could have had something, something created. You have experience there. But no, you have Welbeck, who is, like you said, is coming back from an injury. Iwobi, who is too young, and yeah, he had a great 30 minutes. I was, I was so excited about him in the beginning of the game, but he was fading off. And then you blame Lacazette and you take him out. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, what it's gonna take for Lacazette to play a full 90 minutes because I really like Giroud and Giroud has a great heart, but if it means that he's gonna be sacrificing Lacazette every single time, that makes me question, what is Giroud's purpose on our team then? To always ruin Lacazette's chance of a full 90 minutes? I would much rather have the type of forward of Lacazette up front than Giroud. I'm gonna say that right now. Giroud is one of my favorite players, but Lacazette, when he's on the field, he's moving around. And when you have a creative player like Ozil and Alexis Sanchez healthy, that's the kind of forward that they want to play with. A guy who constantly, who's constantly moving around. But another thing that bothered me about the, today's game, and I tweeted about this, the winger type of play where it's quick passes, quick passes. It is so frustrating to see these quick passes lead to nothing. Rather, sometimes I understand it's nice to do quick passes. We've had some really nice goals through the history. Uh, Rossicki's goal, uh, I think Podolski's had some goals. Some really nice goals that are quick passes, boom, boom, boom. But when you have time to turn around and dictate the ball in another direction rather than always doing a wall pass, do it. But it seemed like these guys don't. And they're always in a hurry to, I don't know, make a nice little fancy pass back to the guy who gave him the ball. Hector Bellerin kept doing it, Giroud kept doing it. And it was just annoying because if he were to just turn around, he would have open space to run. And those are the things that Alexis Sanchez is really good at because Alexis Sanchez can sometimes look around him and take the moment and realize, okay, you know what? I'd rather just go for a run than do a stupid pass that is a 50-50 ball. But that was one of the problems with, with Arsenal today. It was that they weren't taking the time on the ball to do smart plays. And maybe, and that's probably because we had somebody like Iwobi who doesn't have the experience as Ozil does or doesn't have the experience as Alexis Sanchez. And we we're forcing him early on to fill this role. I don't know, again, I feel like it's a good experience for Iwobi. Um, you know, a week ago he's the Nigerian hero and now he's being criticized. That's the way soccer goes. So, okay, moving on from, from the attack. We, we've talked a lot about the attack. What did you think about the defense? How detrimental is it seeing Koscielny be subbed off for another injury? Wilshere was about to come in, so we were about to see Wilshere given Premier League minutes, and that was taken away from us because of this injury. And Holding being brought into the defense. What did you think about the defense and their, their play during this game? Mixed bag, I guess. I thought Murdersacker played phenomenal. Uh, and it's good to see him hopefully getting well i mean now it's out of necessity so now he's going to get games whether he was good or bad but you know we're going to need solid defenders especially with kashani being out and i thought murder was vintage murder today uh he scored the goal but besides that i mean how many aerial um duels did he win I, it seemed like yeah. he won like a hundred percent of them and yeah. he was i mean he probably had like 15 opportunities uh, i thought he was really good in defense um monreal was okay Koscielny, I thought Koscielny looked really bad. He looked really rusty. Uh, I was, I mean, not on every single, I guess, I, I guess I have high expectations for him. He probably, defensively, he pretty much turned in like a Bellerin type game, but I guess I expect so much more out of him um, that I was disappointed with the way he, he was obviously still not ready. He was still hurt. Um, and uh, he 
aggravated that injury. And so now we'll see how long he's going to be out for. We've got a tough stretch of games coming up and our defense is thin now with Mustafi being out and with now Koscielny being out. Um, and we can go back and look at the transfer window and why they didn't do this and why they didn't do that. Um, you know, whatever. I guess I guess you could say we should have got a defender, but I think keeping Callum Chambers in the squad was, you know, sending out Gabrielle and keeping Callum Chambers was the decision that was essentially made. And I was okay with it then. And I guess the jury's still out if if it turned out to be a good decision because Callum Chambers hasn't played much, but he's going to get a chance to play now. So I guess we're going to find out, is he actually better than Gabrielle, who, let's be honest, was not very good. So, uh, yeah, it's going to, we'll see what happens. Um, as far as the wingbacks go, uh, Kolasinac wasn't really tested much. Bellerin had his hands full with uh, Richardless' son. He's a good young player. Um, mm-hmm. But Bellerin got forward a lot. I, I, in the beginning, Bellerin was probably sad to say one of our most threatening offensive players just because he was on he was just getting up and down the right side pretty much whenever he wanted to whipping the crosses in um and then the second half Watford probably changed things up a little bit kept an eye on on Bellerin a little bit and he gave up that penalty which I don't think was a penalty so it's hard to blame him for that Mm -hmm. um yeah not a great defensive performance but I think all things considered my I don't think my uh, complaints are with the defense because of because of the injuries. A lot of it was out of our hand. I felt like no, that was. I mean, if you want to find another silver lining, uh, Murdersacker's play was very positive, especially since we're going to need uh, him to be healthy. Now the thing though is because he's usually our defender for the Europa League games. We have a game on Thursday against Red Star Belgrade. Is he going to play that game and then play against Everton on Sunday? Um, I mean, now it's like these Europa leagues. Who are we gonna? Are we gonna delve more into the youth system and get some more youth guys out? Probably, um, but yeah, because Murdersacker, we're gonna need him. Musafi's um, gone for about a month, month and a half or so. Um, again, we don't know how long Koscheny is gonna be out for. Yeah, I mean, Monreal had not his best defensive play today, and it kind of just leaves us again questioning what is is gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about that? With you know the future run of games, like like you mentioned, we do have a packed, uh, a packed uh, schedule coming up until the next international break in the beginning of November. I think it's like seven games or so. What do you think, looking forward in general to the team? Yeah, I guess going forward, I would, I honestly would not be surprised to see Murdersacker play against uh, Red Star Belgrade. And I would just hope that it's one of those games where Arsenal just controls the ball, gets 60, 65% possession. You know, Murdersacker has minimal work to do. I assume it'll be maybe the same. I mean, not the same because Holding came on as a sub, but, you know, I assume it'll be Holding and Monreal or hopefully Chambers is ready. It could be Holding and Chambers. Yeah, so we got we really got to have one of those very dominant performances against Red Star Belgrade. I don't really care if it's 4-0 or 5-0. Like, let's just control the game, whether it's 2-0. Like, let's just control possession. You know, minimize minimize our defenders' work they need to be doing because um, we haven't rotated our squad enough in the past with our central defenders, and now we don't have an opportunity to do that. So those guys are going to get ran out there for uh, 90 minutes every third or fourth day at this point until either Koscielny or Mustafi gets back. Yeah, we're, we're in a tough spot defensively. We're in a really tough spot. We'll see how, how Arsenal plays the cards as far as 
the youth guys, I assume we'll see Reese Nelson giving Bellerin a break. Not sure who else we can rotate in on for central defenders wise. Not yeah, not uh, very many, not very many. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I was looking on Twitter here. Uh, so Dini, the guy who scored the uh, right the penalty, penalty. he uh, I guess on BT Sport, um, the English sports station, they he came out saying that we look at Arsenal as a team that we can beat now. Um, and that's the thing, because I think he scored the game winner uh, last year in the same fixture yeah. at Watford. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of gut-wrenching to hear, um, you know, because we like to act like we are one of the top teams in England. Um, I know Chelsea lost today as well. Um, but I don't know. I just see Arsenal kind of, we go through these these good runs in the beginning of the season and it's it's all amazing and all great and then one injury or i mean come on we have players that don't want to be on the team we have younger guys who aren't at the level yet to play for the starting team but we're forcing them on um we have the most inconsistent name what other team what other big team has inconsistent players like we do because i can name you a ton of players that played today that were great the last few games and didn't do anything today. Starting with, I think, Nacho Monreal. Monreal, I don't know, he scores a goal last game and then he had two chances. Like, first off, what are you doing all the way up there? But all these, this, this ping pong that happens in the box and the ball ends up on his feet and he blows it over the bar, I think, both times. Uh, I mean, Shaka, I guess he's somebody who, he was doing somewhat decent, but Iwobi had a great game and he disappears. Walbeck was doing good before and he had a bad game. We are a very inconsistent team. And man, like we had that stretch of games in September and we did very well. And it wasn't it wasn't, you know, easy. But we have we have Manchester City coming up in a few weeks and I'm scared to watch that game. I am so worried to watch that game because who knows what kind of lineup Wenger is gonna put put out and then are we going to have another Anfield situation? And, and, and again, we, we said this is going to be a negative podcast, and I'm sorry if, you know, we're coming, we're, we're being honest here, but anybody that is listening to this podcast, tweet at, tweet at us. Let us let us know, if are we over-exaggerating here? Because, I mean, am I over-exaggerating, Steve? Am, am, am I wrong here? Is this, is this kind of like, am, am I wrong? Are, are we kind of worried to look at the future and just think what the what's going to happen here? No, I, I, you know, I agree with what you're saying. I don't think you're totally incorrect about what may sound like an overreaction on, on our part. Um, you know, I think, well, I'll say this, I'll I'll save it for after we get 10 games in and we can look at the table and see where we stand. But to, to your point about Arsenal, like we view Arsenal as a big club. I am beginning to see that Arsenal is, is right outside the big clubs We're we are now at that Tottenham Liverpool level. I hate saying that, but I mean, that that's really what we are. There's the Manchester clubs and there's Chelsea and then there's the next level, Tottenham, Liverpool, us, and and that and and it's like so it's like the there's like the big three and then there's the second three, and the second three are fighting for fourth place. And right now Tottenham has has like a really strong squad. Mm-hmm. In the long term, they're gonna come back to earth a little bit. They're just not you know they're just it's as long as Kane and Deli Alley are playing for them, they're gonna they'll be you know they'll be in contention. Mm-hmm. But once those guys leave, they're gonna revert to what they always are. Yeah, and 
and li- Liverpool, Liverpool will, will swear up and down that they're a big club. But like, let's be honest, they haven't really done anything since the early 2000s. And mm-hmm. it's it's already 2017. Like it's going to yeah. be 2018 here in a couple in a few months. Um, Liverpool are just not they're just not in that class anymore. And 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 if we're if we're being honest with ourselves, like ha- when have Arsenal really like it's been 10 years since we've, you know, won the it's well, been over 10 years since we won the league, but like competed been yeah. in the conversation from what unbiased observers have said when's the last time somebody predicted arsenal was going to win the league win the league i mean <sighs> it's got it never since like not since 2005 2006 yeah right so every season we go into it and it's like me i'm an arsenal fan i'm like positive and i'm looking at like yeah we signed lacazette or, or you know the year we signed Mesut Ozil, like he's going to unlock you know our whole attacking front line and all this stuff you know but we're always we're always missing that yes, we signed one quality player when Chelsea and United and, and Manchester City, they went out and signed three players. And sure, mm-hmm. they don't always work. You know, you'll you'll sign a guy for a hundred million pounds and he, you know, whatever, he doesn't really work out. But they're doing that two or three times every offseason so that they can afford for it to not work out once or twice, because you know what, one of those guys is gonna work. We do it once in off season. We'll 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 splash out forty, fifty, sixty million pounds once per off season. And so when if that guy doesn't work out, then what? Then then we basically got nothing. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I, I think with with Arsene Wenger and with our current ownership situation, I don't I don't really consider us a big club anymore. And I guess maybe that is an overreaction. But I mean I think it's you just look at the history for the past fifteen years or so. We haven't no. really been in contention for the league. I mean I completely agree. And um I mean, I think this is why our uh, our podcast name is very fitting because uh, right now it's it's Chelsea and the two Manchester teams. Those are the two. Those those three teams are the teams that are going to fight it out for the Premier League. I don't really see any other team. I agree, Tottenham has you know two stars, but they're going to. I think there's Deli Ali uh, wants a massive deal, and I don't know how much Tottenham can keep giving them. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean. I think that we do have a chance to fight for that fourth place Champions League, but so what? We've been doing that for 10 years now. Um, I think that you actually brought up a good point, and uh, it was something that was um, talked a lot about during this uh, international break was the ownership and the whole Kroenke and Uzmanov uh, going back and forth about ownership. And it's sad because it's like you have to pick the least of two evils, and they're both terrible owners. Um, we 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 like to act like we're a team that doesn't have the money that Chelsea and Manchester and the Manchester clubs have. Uh, yeah, we don't have as much, but we have enough. And there's been times where we've told that okay, we're going into a transfer window with 150 million pounds, and we end up spending like a third of that. And like you said, the Chelsea and Manchester clubs go out and spend everything and and then some, and they get these star players. I mean, Chelsea one year finished what tenth place, and next year came back and won it. You think such a bad season like last year, Arsenal would have had a crazy summer. And again, the summer happened and we got who we got. And I'm not regretting getting Lacazette and Kolasinic. Those guys have done very well. But, you know, questions have to be asked. Questions need to be asked about what is our manager doing? Game in and game out. What is he doing? What does he see on training? Like, again, my biggest thing, Giroud, I, I know what kind of player we want him to be. But do we have to put him in the last 20 minutes of the game? Is that, is that 
is that a mutual deal that Wenger did? If we can have a coach that comes in fresh and says, you know what, I don't have any friends on this team. You guys are all playing for me. Maybe that's what we need. But again, that's, that's all speculation. We need to deal with the team that we have right now. And right now, we have kind of a disaster. And, and again, you know, you can go back to our podcast that we, we recorded earlier and we were high spirits because we, had to play, we played a good game. But come on, every Arsenal fan needs to ask themselves. We've played, yeah, we had that one game against Chelsea, which was a great game. And that's kind of why I was hoping that Iwobi and Welbeck would do great, because they played great against Chelsea. But other than Chelsea, what other teams did we play against that were top contenders? Not very many. I don't think we played against anybody else. We had the Brighton game, we had a game against West Bromwich, and every game we were playing at the level of that team. And that's another saying that, that I've been repeating over and over again. This game against uh, we, uh, Watford was, we were playing at their level. We go up 1-0, and then we're struggling against Watford, a team that Manchester City beat 6-0 to zero a few weeks ago. And again, there's no logic in soccer, and I'm not expecting us to beat them 6-0. to zero. But you would think if Arsenal was a big club, they would easily beat Watford. Grind out a win. You know, finish 1-0. If you can win those games, dude, Leicester City, they won the season. They, didn't, they weren't stomping all over teams, but they were winning games. As long as you finish with three points, that's all you need. But Arsenal proved again today that they are the same Arsenal. They can't hold on to victories. And that's the struggle that we're going to continue having, having until something happens with this club. If it's a manager change, if it's a ownership change, or we finally bring in a star player. But it makes you wonder how far down do we have to go until we hit rock bottom and we realize we have to change. That I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, we, have, we might not find that answer out for another year and a half because Winger's got about that much time left on his deal. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I mean, I will say that we are overreacting on today's game, but like I said in the beginning, uh, when we were discussing the lineups, there's two types of players at Arsenal, you know, really, truly special world-class players and players that just aren't. And today we played too many players that just aren't. The, I think that's why we lost to Watford. And I think against Everton, I expect to see Alexis Sanchez back. I expect to see Ramsey back. Um, uh, Ozil, I expect to see him in the lineup. And so I, I, I do expect a different result against Everton. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen against Red Star Belgrade, but I expect to win there. But as far as the lineup, I'm not sure how many of those guys are going to play. But I will say this. I think the one thing, the one reason why fans love Jack Wilshere, other than the fact that he's an Arsenal like lifer, is he, he has the ability to be a game-changing player. He's not just a guy. And uh, so I expect him to play in the midweek against, against uh, Red Star Belgrade. Um, he's a guy that... I would have loved to see him come on even like maybe don't bring on Drew, maybe bring on uh, Wilshire mm-hmm. and and let him and Ozil be up front with Lacazette up there and, and let those guys, you know, work their magic and try to get Lacazette the ball. Because uh, because Jack Wilshire, when he's going well and he's healthy, he is in that class of world class players. So we'll see what, how they line up this week. Uh, I mean, midweek against against Red Star Belgrade and, and again against Everton I expect I would expect Alexis Sanchez and, and Ozil and Ramsey to all be back in the lineup mm-hmm. uh, so it's looking like Welbeck has a hamstring injury which is not the first time he's had this injury Welbeck uh, as usual exactly Koscielny is a muscular problem as well um, that's very right. broad but I think we all know yeah. what it is yeah um, <laughs> yeah so I don't know. And then um, they were also asking if Alexis Sanchez was going to play the Europa League game um, against Red Star on Thursday. Uh, Wenger says that he doesn't know yet, that he will 
decide on Monday. Uh, but geez, you just scroll through Twitter and it is, it is, I mean, that's probably the reason why I'm so down is cause I'm just reading this stuff on Twitter. Yeah, I'm going to keep, yeah, I'm going to stay off Twitter for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting more and more sad as I like scroll through this. Just, I mean, it's funny cause you know, you have the one group of people that have the crazy stats supporting Mesut Ozil. And then you have the other group that's less like anti Ozil. I mean, I'd say I'm in the middle because I'm not gonna, I, I even tweeted, he's, he's a great player. I, people that say he's not a great player, that's, that's bizarre. And he's proven time and time again that we need someone, someone with his mentality. I mean, I guess what I think is I don't really see him staying with us next year, so we need to start looking at other directions. But again, I mean, today was a bad example of that. That's the state of Arsenal. You're right, we probably are overreacting. We'll probably, you know, beat Red Star like seven to zero, and then we go to Everton and beat them six to zero, and I'll be like, Shh, dude, we're the best team in the world, let's go. That's the way I feel. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add to this? Yeah, I just want to apologize to the Gooners that I suggested that they just fast forward 20 minutes in. Because if they, for those that did that, you follow my directions, you fast forward <laughs> 20 minutes to the show, and then you listen to another 20 minutes of negativity. So I, I apologize. I thought there was going to be some sort of positive spin at the end. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess the positive spin is that we haven't lost the league yet. So that's, that's, that's about true. as positive as we'll get. <laughs> uh, the positive spin is while we were doing this podcast, we did pass 700 followers. So we are climbing up, man. We are. Nice. We're doing nice. pretty good. All right. Very good. And I want to thank all of the followers that we have. Um, everybody that listens to us, uh, we're just diehard Arsenal fans. And um, again, we are just happy that we're, we can do this. This is actually some kind of like therapy for us too, because, you know, we have good games and living out here in San Francisco, there's not a lot of soccer fans. Uh, so we are diehard fans. So we decided let's do a podcast and whenever there's bad games like today We're this is this is where the therapy comes in We can just talk it out, you know and go about it the rest of our day without being very very sad and and sulking and crying uh, You know, we we, we 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 let it out here. I feel better. Steve. Do you feel better? I do actually I do feel better. I'm sorry Perfect. that we had to burden all of our listeners <laughs> with our negative energy But I actually do feel a little bit better now. I'm gonna I do to have a productive second half of my day I, I agree. I agree. I, I have to move on to make uh, to do the rest of my day as well. Um, but yeah, so I think we'll wrap it up here, everybody. Uh, Steve is smiling. I'm smiling. Um, but yeah, I think we'll finish it up there for Monty Rossetti and Stephen Uvalde. This was the fourth best podcast, and have a very nice day. Thank you.